1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the poor man's podcast, Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP, how are you this e- this evening, this afternoon actually? We have a, an early show this week because we're on a, a little Christmas vacation kind of thing as it were. JP, how are you this
0: afternoon? I'm doing just fine. How about you?
1: I'm not too bad. It looks like a playoff picture. It's kind of shaping out. Looks like, let's see, AFC, we have Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, and Chargers have all clinched the playoffs as of now. In the NFC, we have the Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, and then the Cowboys as well. So two divisions that are still up for grabs. We have the AFC South, where Jacksonville Jaguars are currently at first. And in the NFC South, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, currently leading that at 7-8. and eight. The Jags are also leading at 7-8. So, JP, out of uh, some of these remaining teams, how, who do you like uh, to kind of finish in the playoffs? We have the Jaguars on the cusp, and the Dolphins, as of now, would be in the playoffs. in the NFC, if it ended today, we have the Buccaneers, Giants, and Commanders. Do you like it as it is right now with these teams?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Miami is going to find a way to pull out a win in the next two weeks and secure a playoff spot. And uh, I think Jacksonville, just coming out of nowhere recently, Trevor Lawrence has been playing up to his potential, and I really think they're going to take the division with uh, the Ryan Tannehill injury. And uh, I just think Jacksonville at the moment is a bit more explosive than Tennessee. Um, you know, with with Malik Willis under center, you're really limiting the pass game in Tennessee, and I don't see them sneaking in. I think uh, um, in the NFC, I, I think the Buccaneers hang on to win their division. They have a big uh, big next two weeks against uh, Carolina and Atlanta to secure it. Um, I, I don't think Brady's built for a playoff run this year, but I think they'll get in just despite their division. And um, as far as that last NFC spot, whether it's the Commanders or Giants, I like the Giants more than the Commanders at the moment, but whoever's sneaking in there, I'm expecting an early round one deport- departure from that
1: team. JP, you cut out a little bit during the AFC, so you said you like Jacksonville, and then do you like Miami
0: to stay? I like Miami to stay. I think they'll uh, secure a victory in the next two weeks and get a spot.
1: Jacksonville. It's it's strange seeing Jacksonville it, uh, in the playoffs again. It seems like it's been about a decade since the David Garrard days. Well, I guess Blake Bortles made it because he beat the Steelers.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, not since their AFC title run it seems like I think it's the last time they were in after knocking off the Steelers in the divisional round and almost finding a way to beat Brady and the Patriots to, go to the Super Bowl.
1: That's that. Those were the Blake bortle led Jaguars, right?
0: Uh, yes, of course.
1: I did not realize he got them that close to the, to, to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, he, he AFC title game. It was uh. Bortles and Bolkenum coming out of the NFC versus Brody and Bortles in the AF. Been <laughs> the worst final quarterbacks ever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> bad.
1: Uh, but let's get uh, let's get into some Steelers talk. Steelers found a way to win. It seems like they keep finding a way to win. Now JP, we're at the point of the season where um, I changed my tune. They might as well just win the rest of their games now, like if, because. They're at a point where they've won too many games for, for a good pick. You've clinched maybe anywhere between, I don't know, 12 and 22 right now, which who does that really impress? Um, so you might as well make a playoff push, I guess.
0: Yeah, I agree. At this point, just, uh, just try to win your football games. You never know what will happen. Crazy things happen in this, uh, in this league. Especially last year when uh, Chargers and Raiders, had overtime game, that was almost a tie, which would have cost the Steelers a playoff spot. But <laughs> they were able to sneak in on the game-winning field goal there. But, um, yeah, crazy things happen in this league. So, I mean, look at the Steelers now. They're competing for an early draft choice. Now they're um, at the tail end here. So just win your football games as uh, close as best you can. And uh, maybe you could play a spoiler for the seeding for the Ravens next week and secure a victory.
1: Um, I, I feel like they're just at, like, the worst place you could possibly be. It's, like, the best team who doesn't make the playoffs, I feel like is, like, the worst spot you could possibly be in.
0: Yeah, it just seems like I say every week that's their goal now is just to not have that losing season.
1: That's um, but, that's really, I think, the only thing they're playing for right now is is that 9-8, and eight, which is, like, that's even worse. I'd rather... <laughs> If they're not going to make the playoffs and lose, I, I'm I'm in a weird spot. If you it, yeah, like, I I really think um I'll have to check the tiebreaker things. If they just went out, are they in? Or do they need help? I
0: think they need a team or two to lose because I know New England is competing in Miami, who both beat the Steelers this season. Right. With the Chargers clinching, it's going to come down to one of those final spots. So I think they need to win, and they're going to need some help. Yeah, right. Teams.
1: Right now, Miami is eight and seven. Um, and then. New England, New York Jets, Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh Steelers are all seven and eight, kind of lingering right in that for that last wild card spot. Miami's playing the Packers this week. Uh, I don't know. Packers are making a push, too. Maybe the Packers. That will...
0: was last week.
1: Oh, geez. Okay, what am I? I was going to say, then what am I looking up. at? I hope all these numbers aren't uh, incorrect, then. Yeah, Packers beat. Yeah, right. I'm looking at this now, and it says uh Raiders.
0: Yeah, Dolphins are playing the uh, Patriots this week.
1: Okay, well then,
0: the NFL has not updated their playoff picture at
1: all because I'm looking at it right now, and they definitely have not.
0: You'd think if all websites to be up on it would be NFL.com.
1: Yeah, what the hell? I don't, I don't understand what it is. Yeah, it's a, it shows next week's matchup. It says Raiders, <laughs> the Steelers are <laughs> rising up. I don't know, JP. Definitely not the case. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, well let's get back to this dealer talk anyway. Um, they, they are trying to make a playoff push um, but they they to do so they needed to beat uh, Las Vegas and they did so uh, in, in the, the final 46 seconds with the touchdown.
0: Yeah and uh, they just found a way to win at the end and uh, even like with these next couple games, even if there's no playoff implications, I think it's an opportunity just to practice. Uh, you know, finding ways to win games late for uh, Kenny Pickett. You know, let him find ways to play situational football, expand drives. You know, let's let's see what we can do in these next couple weeks. Um, he had a great final drive to close the game, which gave them the win with uh, George Pickens on the uh, post in the end zone. And um,
1: I thought that was strange to see a, a pass thrown between the hashes.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, goes to the post, too, so to speak, there with huh, Pickens coming in for the uh, uh, throwback game um, on Sunday night. Um, I think the Steelers, though, for me, this week in particular, it was very lousy football, but they found a way to pull it out at the end. Um, defensively, they looked incredible. They did a great job at slowing down. Um, Josh Jacobs, they held a 44 yards on the ground, who's been an all-pro running back this year, um, and uh, Devontae Adams, you know, one of the best receivers in the game, they only held a, two catches for 15 yards, but if you're only going to score 13 points, you know, most of those games, you're not going to come away with a W, so...
1: I JP, mean, I, I've just done a little bit of research. So all the records and all the playoff positions that we were talking about are accurate. They just must not have updated the the week matchup coming up, so okay. it must have been okay. their previous week matchup. But all the everything we said with with the playoff picture is all still accurate for anybody listening. Obviously,
0: <laughs> good. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's weird they didn't update the schedule, um, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My, my, Miami, I think, is definitely in the driver's seat still at the moment. With uh, the Chargers clinching last night,
1: yeah, I, I I think Vegas Vegas is still it says they're technically in in the playoff picture, but they're twelve. I would I would assume they need like a, a ton of help.
0: Yeah, even more so than the Steelers who just beat them. So right. yeah, I think Steelers if the
1: Dolph- the Dolphins need to kind of lose out, and the Steelers need to take care of business. And it's, it's all these AFC East teams in front, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Dolphins, which maybe they'll kind of cannibalize each other. They'll, they'll you know, take each other out. Because yep. it, the final week of the season, I know for, for every team, we, we discussed this on Herod Division matchups. so i have to see uh, what their schedule is looking like.
0: Yeah, but for that to happen, going so you have to follow a very specific, like, pattern of wins and losses. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it's not going to
1: happen. But. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Oh, oh, next week, so the Dolphins are playing the Patriots, and then I'll have to see what their final matchup. If they play the Jets, we need, like, the Dolphins to lose both, and then both AFC East teams to lose in their final game.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, Miami, though, should take... Um, yeah,
1: Miami game Miami's game. playing New England and then the Jets, so we'll see. Maybe yeah, maybe,
0: we'll see. <laughs> maybe it's not <laughs> said, uh, Miami impossible. This week I saw the Jets' loss and a win against New England, so, I mean, uh, we'll see. And quite frankly, what's going to happen is that they'll, that will happen <laughs> and the Steelers will just lose to Clevelanders.
1: I was just going to say, didn't that happen a couple years ago? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like everything that hap- needed to happen happened except for Steelers win. Right, <laughs> and and it was unreal too. It was like they needed like I don't know, like the Texans to upset the uh,
0: the Titans or something like that.
1: It was something like completely ridiculous, and it happened.
0: Then, of course, just in good old Steeler fashion, they couldn't find a way to win, and then everyone blames the other teams, even the Steelers. the The eight the eight games they lose, it's not our fault, but it's the team that couldn't cover for them at the end. We blame them. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> To get to get back to some other uh, unlikely things, we saw uh, a couple things in the Steeler game that I thought were uh, were good, that were a little different. We saw Najee Harris with a hell of a hurdle, and he looked a little bit better. He looks like he's coming on a little bit, but like that would have been nice earlier in the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, hurdle was like the play of the game. Um, Najee is one of those guys, yeah, where you will see him uh, go over top of a defender or through a defender. Um, but, yeah, we, we were missing that explosiveness since the first half of the season. Um, and even though, yeah, he only totaled 53 yards on the ground against Vegas, but they were hard-fought yards. He was able to uh, find ways to move the football effectively in um, the past game as well. He caught six balls for 42 on the day. And, uh, like I said, I think that's something they need to involve um, Najee and more is just, you know, let them do – you know, hooks right out of the backfield like they did with and Bell. It's just, I don't know, I feel like getting the ball to one of your best playmakers out in space is just always a great way of getting positive yards, especially for an offense who's, I don't know, averaging, I mean, they average over five yards per play this week, but I don't know what it is on the year, but it seems like it's got to be near the bottom. I don't know, I just feel like using Najee would be, you know, more safe throws for Pickett and just a way to expand drives better. I just, I I don't know why they don't do that.
1: Yeah, it seems like they just like to do the misdirections and jet sweeps and things. And yeah, maybe they they need to get their playmakers into space more and let Najee take on a single guy in coverage. Because you saw, like, when a defensive back's coming up to him, he can run him over and we saw that he could just jump over him as well.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why they just, like, throw the screens out to, like, Sims or Deontay Johnson, like I don't know, it just seems like a better way of utilizing the short pass game would be have. Not I'd love just pop on the backfield.
1: I'd love to know on the season or even on his career how many yards Deontay Johnson has taken backwards where he could have just if he <laughs> fell down, like if he just fell down to the chase Claypool, I caught it and fell down. He would be better than some of these where he's like past the first down and then to try to get past the guy, he goes back three yards and then can only gain one more back and then we're shy too.
0: Right, yeah, he's undersized, so he's not a guy that's going to, you know, he's just trying to to make a play. And, uh, you know, more times than not, it does seem like he's falling backwards.
1: Yeah, I I don't really remember one where he did that and then actually broke away for him. (laughs) I've seen it done by Tyreek Hill, but I haven't seen it done by Deontay Johnson. Right, (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, and it's just, I don't know, just all all together as a unit, offensively, I I hear every week people going, well, Kenny Pickett's playing better, but he's not playing well, and that's, like, the issue I'm seeing, too, is uh, they're like, well, he didn't throw multiple interceptions. I'm like, well, thank God. Yeah. Uh, Well, obviously,
1: he's judged differently than Trubisky and things like that as well. Like, people want Pickett to do well, and I want Pickett to do well, obviously, but, like, I feel like he's on a pretty
0: long leash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, I, I don't know, it just seems like there needs to be more of a spark offensively. And uh, I thought Pickett had
1: a couple nice sideline throws. He, had, he hit Friarmouth late, which they originally were calling not a catch, and then they said it was a catch, uh, right for the first down on the game-winning drive. And then he hit Deontay Johnson on one that I thought was going to be a pick six, but he put it in the perfect spot.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that was a perfect ball there. And uh, I think uh, Connor Hayward had a nice nice play for him too late um 21 yard catch Connor
1: Hayward is actually a little bit better and than I thought he would be he he had that nice touchdown catch in Atlanta um he not that he's in all the time but like I thought he was like a nepotism pick like he's the next Derek Watt just because Cam's on the team and he's made a couple plays he he hasn't like blown any plays either
0: right like when his number has been called he's been productive I think um production for his snaps has definitely been more impressive than gentry um and i, I feel like yeah are yeah, there
1: saying. are there two different more different size tight ends in the league between zach gentry and, and connor hayward <laughs> connor hayward might be one of the shortest tight ends in the league and gentry is probably the tallest
0: mm-hmm. Let's well, think yeah uh hayward too was like full, fullback uh tight end hybrid um I don't know. I feel like also like he he's got to be more explosive than Derek Watts, especially. I wouldn't mind just carrying him as you know a versatile hybrid of a fullback tight end mix and just see what you can get out of.
1: Him. I'm with you on that. I f- I feel like Derek Watts basically he's a he's a good special team player, but he's not worth that. And then he is another guy though. Like this year, when his number has been called, I think he's had I don't know two or three carries on either the goal line or fourth down where he's come through when they needed him to as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he has. Um, but is it worth is it
1: worth that one yard one time to, you know, pay a $4 million fullback or whatever he's paid? I don't know if it's that much.
0: That's what I was going to get to next. I, I just feel like the uh, cap hit he is just isn't worth it. I, I'd rather use Connor Hayward. I feel like who's also been more explosive when his number has been called.
1: I feel like take whatever you're paying him. Cut him. Sign a run-of-the-mill. Like, you don't even need a fullback anymore. Connor Hayward, there you go. Now we can bring on somebody else. I don't know. Um, and use that money. Why not use that money and whatever you're paying Dan Moore together to put, you know, a decent left
0: tackle? Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like it's too much of a cap in the today's league where you don't need a fullback. I'd, I'd rather invest it more wisely.
1: Especially for that. Like, you could get some solid other players... Or like a punter that's not the worst in the league every year. <laughs> like buy, like pay, like a decent punter.
0: That's true. Four million could get you a decent special teams player. Um, and yeah, Arvin's just
1: like it's half good. of that. Like get pay all four million to Matthew Slater. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> he's the only
1: special team player worth it.
0: Yeah, they haven't had a good punter since like Gardocki. I, I know, like Sepulveda was all right, but. Yeah, I feel like for that right Sepulveda really- is
1: kind of the same way as like Percy Harvin is like he's a bigger dude. Although like Sepulveda, Sepulveda made his entire living because he had that one hit on that kickoff in college. And people are like, oh, he's a hitter. Like Sepulveda was never really that good. Also, Gardaki, Sepulveda, and isn't Presley Harvin a left-footed punter? Why, what's up with all these left-footed punters?
0: A lot of teams will invest um or I guess if you would take a left-footed punter, generally the uh, consensus is most teams run with a uh, right-footed punter. So getting a left-footed punter kind of like spins the balls in opposite directions. So for a returner, they're going to see a ball come at them differently than what they're used to most weeks of the season. And I think, it's looking for an increase in, like, you know, drop punts. Or-
1: I get that, but I feel like at this level of the NFL, to be a punt returner, like, you have to be pretty decent at that. Like, why couldn't a team just bring in, I don't know, a left-footed punter to practice that they could pay $10,000 a year or whatever, like, in, uh, on their practice squad? Like, you can't learn how to catch a ball, like, or the jugs machine. They can't have it just spin the opposite direction. I mean, like It, yeah, it I mean, seems like uh, something you could practice for where it's not worth bringing in a punter. Like, if, say, all things are even, maybe you want to bring the left-footed punter in, but I don't know that you want to bring a left-footed punter in that's worse than a right-footed punter just for that kind of uh, advantage. Yeah, I
0: mean, I don't think that's really what team, a team would do. I'm just saying, like, I think that's generally... When they do use the left-footed punters, that's what it's for. I don't really see a team that would ever, like actually pass on a better punter for that. It's yeah. Just,
1: I mean, it's yeah. the same thing. Like, I, I like a left-handed quarterbacks, the ball come out differently. And it does take kind of an acclimation process. But, like, it, it should be taken care of in,
0: in camp. Like, it shouldn't take that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I just don't think Harvin's any good, honestly, whether it's for the surprise of the spin on the football when he punts. I don't know. I just feel like... He's had some bad punts. He- Yeah, it's got to be a position that's easy to replace, too. Yeah.
1: I can't imagine that there's punters out there that are consistently worse than him.
0: Even, like, Brad Wing when they had him. Yeah, he was better. Not that he was good by any means, but you at least knew what you were getting. Harvin's, like, upside isn't even good. It's not, like, a player where it's, like... And he was a drafted player, was he not? Yeah, he was picked. (laughs) And, like, I... It's not like, you know, when Claypool was here or Deontay Johnson where they drop a lot of balls, but you recognize the upside. I've never – like, Harvin, I don't see much upside in.
1: Yeah, it's not like he shanks a couple for 22 and then booms
0: an 80-yarder.
1: It's like he shanks a couple and then he booms one for 38.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I mean, w- we'll see what they do with punter. Not that it's – I mean – Yeah, that's like, not what's holding them hold
1: back by punter. any means. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the players were Connor Hayward, Derek Watt, and uh, Presley Harvin the third are not the, the difference makers, and if we're relying on them, uh, they're in bad shape.
0: Right, and speaking of difference makers, though, just got to give a shout-out to the Steelers' defense in general this week. Um, they, they were so impressed had a fantasy matchup against Devontae Adams, and the whole time I was waiting for the one garbage time play or, you know, just the eight catches i was expected yeah but he was targeted multiple times and only came down with two catches for 15 yards i was very impressed with how they limited the passing game they were able to pick off Carr three times and hold him to under 200 in the uh 200 yards total and uh cam hayward was able to drop him twice for a sack and alex highsmith added another one so I mean, their playmakers showed up, and uh, secondary you played incredibly well, and uh, you don't hear that often. But I have to give them uh, credit in this one.
1: Yeah, I to get back to that fantasy thing. I was in the semi semifinals, and I can't believe I even made it that far. My team was just decimated with injury and just a crappy team. And then when Jalen Hurts going to play this week, it was the nail in the coffin. Um, but yeah, Devonte Adams didn't really do too much. Uh, Hunter Renfro had the one touchdown, but that was pretty much it. Darren Waller didn't really beat him too much, other than that deep throw. Um, but it—I don't remember that resulting in a touchdown at all.
0: No, no, it was kind of like a jump ball that he came down with. He was just, you know, be- better than the guys covering.
1: Him. Uh, yeah, it looked like he had. I mean, Carr threw a good ball on him. It looked like he passed either Mallet or somebody, and then I think he looked off. Um Minka, because Minka was like a foot behind.
0: hmm But yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that yeah, yeah. was pretty much the only one with Waller, really. Yeah. That was like the only big play outside of the run for a touchdown as well. Um Mac Hollins they held to just for one catch for seven yards. Um uh Moreau, the other tight end, they held to just two catches. And um yeah, it was just an impressive outing all day for the defense. Oh. And uh and- fortunately Defense.
1: No wait That's wait you with your that. with the defense one thing i wanted to talk about real fast uh you were you were touching on the interceptions they had three interceptions how many times have we seen steeler games where they just drop a ball like that like that uh sutton one at the end right. uh, it, it wasn't a good throw to uh uh renfro it was a little underthrown. it was a little too inside but how many times have we seen i don't know somebody just drop the ball yeah, and that cool. mallette interception was one of the nicest interceptions I've ever seen. That is one of the toughest.
0: Right. Because his yeah, body was going the opposite like way. Sports Center top 10, but the way it bounced and it's falling. And the
1: reaction time. It went off somebody's hands. You reach out, hit that, and then you're going in the other way. Like that is a really difficult interception.
0: Yeah. The, the way he was able to maintain um, focus on that football after it was tipped and then change his direct body direction. And then reel it in. Yeah, that was huge, especially f- for an offense that just wasn't sparking anything for the Steelers. These turnovers is really what helped keep them in it. Um, and the Minka, Minka
1: Fitzpatrick one, too. Yeah. It's nice to see him back on the turnover sheet.
0: Yeah, Sutton and Minka and Millette all had interceptions. And uh, What are I your mean, thoughts on Cam
1: Sutton overall? Do you think he's a pretty solid corner?
0: Uh, to me, he's kind of like... A, a second option, definitely not locked down by any means, but he could be a decent corner, too, in this league. I but, agree. I think he's yeah, a he's, good
1: complementary kind of corner, where he, he can cover maybe a second guy. He he can play kind of multiple corner positions as well.
0: Right. I've seen him play, like, nickel and outside, so um, yeah, like, I've seen him uh, be productive in both, but he's definitely not, like, a pro Bowl caliber player, but he's a guy that can that can definitely start in this league. Yeah,
1: I agree. And what were you getting to with the offense? I
0: was just gonna say there's just no spark. So I feel like that, you know, defensively the turnovers, uh Micah and Millette's interceptions, as well as uh Sutton's, you know, this is what really kept him in the game. Um and again, it's just like offensively, no no spark. I just feel like the play calling's not good, and honestly, I was yeah. I was in, just going to say it has to be
1: play-calling because they have some talented people on their offense.
0: Yeah, like Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryer, Muth, Najee Harris, this offense, it seems like it should be better, but I'm also not seeing these players play up to the best of their potential, it seems like, and I think a lot of that is, I just don't think Kenny Pickett's very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's just me just being honest, and everyone's like saying, well, he's improving in all this. It's just... I I don't really see him capable of beating a quarterback better than him yeah. um, consistently. And I don't see that this is a team that can overcome a 10-point deficit against any sort of competitive team.
1: Yeah, I th- I think he's good enough to beat the teams he's better than and kind of in the middle range. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy who can compete drive for drive with Joe Burrow. I don't think he's going to beat Josh Allen or anything like that. But, I mean, specifically, if you're looking into the division, with I mean, we have, we're going to have Deshaun Watson, we're going to have Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. Like, those are the quarterbacks in the AFC North, other than what the Steelers have. And the Steelers traditionally have had the best quarterback in the division, and that's what makes a huge difference. Historically, the Browns have had, what, 58 quarterbacks in the last, I don't know, 12 mm-hmm. years. Um, the Ravens have had kind of, you know, Kyle Bowler, they've had, I mean, that's forever ago, but then you have guys that are like Joe Flacco, who's good, but there's always that thing, is Joe Flacco elite? No, I don't think so. He has an elite arm, but not really a quarterback. And then these years, Carson Palmer was good for the Bengals, but then you see Andy Dalton, who was kind of, I don't know. He was okay because there were some pieces around him, but uh, was he good? No, he's not beating anybody. So the Steelers have had Roethlisberger, and now it seems like every other team has a quarterback, and the Steelers are definitely fourth.
0: Yeah, and uh, defense just for this team isn't going to play that well each and every week. And I think Derek Carr, like you said, they can beat worse quarterbacks or like that middle tier. I think Derek Carr is like the best level quarterback that, a team like this is capable of beating and that's only when you know they're shutting Devonte adams down the way they did and josh jacobs the way they did what if um,
1: what would you think if they did more of a san francisco based offense like what uh, do you think kenny pickett could be a good quarterback in san francisco right now assuming say the steelers had this exact same roster in san francisco and Kyle Shanahan. Okay, let's just say he was on the 49ers. That's a lot easier. Do you think the 49ers would be just as intimidating? I mean, I, I think would think, think Kenny... He could
0: thrive. Yeah. I think he could thrive with the 49ers. I don't think he would thrive if the Steelers changed their offense to fit the 49ers system.
1: As long as Tomlin and Canada and everybody's there.
0: Yeah, they're not offense... I mean, Shanahan and all them are offensive-minded coaches that... Look to run the ball, then use the passing game's complementary piece. Steelers, it, it seems like th- they obviously don't have the same philosophy as the Niners do. They're not as effective at running the football or even getting the ball to their playmakers, it seems. Um, I, I, I think, like, you no, know, just that system doesn't fit the level of talent the Steelers have as a roster. But I think if you put Pickett in that system with a, a coach, he could be better. He fits. You know, the the 49ers don't expect much of their quarterbacks. I mean, they've had Grappolo this year, Brock Purdy. They're not putting pressure on these guys. Whereas, I mean, Kenny Pickett this past week threw the ball almost 40 times. And, I mean, I I just don't think he's a guy that needs to be dropping back that many times. I mean, he would fit the Niners' offense in that way. But as far as what they're building here in Pittsburgh, it just seems like... I, I, I just... I'm already sensing early signs that I don't think this is what's going to work out. I don't think Pickett, Canada, and Tomlin's a relationship that's going to flourish.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Well, we'll see where it goes. I think the, the offensive play calling is probably the number one thing that's wrong now. Maybe with different eyes, he would look different. I don't think any quarterback's going to really look good in this offense um, like he was you know, talked about when he was coming out of pit that he's the most kind of pro-ready. Uh still seems like there's a lot for him to learn with the speed of the game. Um, but maybe, you know, coming back, like I said, I think it's play calling is the number one. I don't think any quarterback's looking good with Canada as their coordinator.
0: Yeah, not too much. Plus, from a rookie's perspective, he's not going to, like, want to overstand his welcome and call out the play calling of his coaches. But, I don't know, it seems like he's not... He's not good enough to carry a franchise. He needs help. Just like how like I think Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott need help to put them where they are. But Pickett, I feel like, substantially needs help to carry. He can't overcome where guys like Dak and Cousins sometimes came. But if you give them pieces, they flourish. I feel like we have decent pieces here in Pittsburgh, yet we're still seeing like a roller coaster at the quarterback position.
1: All right, let's let's uh, let's talk a little Steelers-Ravens. Now the Sunday night game. Um, do you know the spread on that and the status of Lamar Jackson?
0: Lamar Jackson, uh, I know uh, Harbaugh said that he would be, uh, he will not comment on the status at the moment of Lamar. I just, I get the sense that he's not going to be back. I know he had like a contract dispute this offseason. It's came up a couple times this year. I don't think he's going to play the rest of the regular season. They're going to save him for the playoffs. That's just something I'm sensing here. He doesn't want to risk injury. And from the franchise's standpoint, I don't think I would roll him out now that they've already clinched a spot in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, so I'm expecting Huntley who's a pretty decent backup uh, should be under center this week for uh, Baltimore. Again.
1: I, I like Huntley as a backup in, with Baltimore. I think he's a good uh, complimentary to Lamar Jackson. Like when he comes in, they don't have to completely change the scheme. And I mm-hmm. think he's solid enough.
0: Right. I agree with that. We have a, uh, he's solid enough to beat spread. Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. They have, they have a three point spread this week. Steelers heading into Baltimore. So Pittsburgh's getting three points. Um, I I think, like, they needed to beat Huntley here in Pittsburgh to have been in a much better position. So I think winning in Baltimore is going to be much more difficult. But I'm expecting a low-scoring game. The over-under set at 36 on the dot. So I, too, am expecting a low-scoring game. Both teams like to uh, play defense. Baltimore, in particular, likes to run the football. J.K. Dobbins went off against the Steelers last time. So if they want to find a way to win, they're going to have to – slow down uh, Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, Justice Hill, all these guys they have out of the backfield. They need to force Baltimore into throwing the football with their back up under center if they want to find a way to win.
1: What are you thinking? Uh, what are you thinking? What are you, what are you thinking <laughs> with
0: the defense? Last time
1: uh, the Steelers played the Ravens, there were some really nice interceptions. Who was it? Patrick Queen and uh, uh, whoever they traded for from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs>
0: Roquant Smith.
1: Yeah, he had a hell of an interception too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting too because they did have Trubisky under center for that game. Um, so they they will have Pickett this week. It looks like Terrell Edmonds should be back to play as well. Um, I I It's going to – I don't know. I feel like they're better with Trubisky if they need to win games now. But I, like I say, I'd still play Pickett um, for his development because you want to see what you have in the guy. Um, So I'm interested to see how he pains against this defense. Um, They're great. They have great corners, great linebackers, and uh, they're able to, you know, control the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively. It's just a team that seems to have been able to do that the past 15 years or so. And uh, I think if Pittsburgh wants to win, they're going to have to force Baltimore into uh, playing a style of football that they're uncomfortable with. But, I mean, Usually these games come down to not who schemes better, but just who is more physical. And uh, I'm expecting a physical football game here.
1: Yeah, Baltimore is already in the playoffs. We'll see. How, how far do you think that they can make a push? Do you see them? I mean, they could always. It seems like they're always tough to play in the playoffs. So you never want to see the Ravens.
0: Yeah, Baltimore. It's just one of those teams that's well coached, and it just seems like even when they lose, they find a way to hang in there and just like you know be more aggressive than their opponent. You know, so if they expect to win this game, they're going to have to find a way to, you know, necessarily th- throw on the pads and just hit. Like you, you got to get out there and uh, make an effort to slow down the run game, and uh, it just starts with physicality up front. All right, you want to get into your picks then. Sure, but before that, I got breaking news: JJ Watt is announcing his retirement after this season.
1: Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think I just saw that on uh, on the cover page. Who knows? Maybe he announced it three days ago and they just didn't update anything.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it could very well be the case. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's he's
1: in a Texans uniform in it, <laughs> right? <laughs> didn't he? Didn't um, he retire? Am I imagining that, or did he just get hurt and then come back
0: with the Cardinals? He like, yeah, he I thought
1: he was, retired for like a week.
0: No, he was a free agent and I don't know why he signed up for the Cardinals. It just it never seemed like a good fit, but yeah. a g- great ball player, but just injuries have definitely diluted him. And uh Hall of Famer really for retiring just for the sake of staying healthy. Like you're thirty three, you've been through a lot. Let's make sure like the rest of your life He's only thirty three. Yeah. I thought he was a lot older no but 33 is pretty old now for a defensive lineman.
1: Yeah, for sure, but I I just it felt like he was like 36. <laughs>
0: but yeah, he I mean 111 and a half career sacks with a couple of games to go. I think he'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame, but a lot of his career is just going to be what it could have been if he would have stayed healthy. Yeah.
1: He 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 definitely had that injury bug, which is a shame. His it seemed like his bicep got blown out every other year.
0: Yeah, just injuries
1: each when, when he was healthy and good, I don't know that there was a better defensive lineman from the last
0: 10 years. Right, he was absolutely phenomenal. He might he might be the best consistent
1: defensive player from like the 2010s other right. than maybe
0: like Luke Kuechly
1: and like, you know, Patrick Willis at the beginning. Um he he's as good if not better. He's a defensive player of the year multiple time, right?
0: Yeah, him and Aaron Donald just I think both have won three times.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. I'm pretty sure he won. There was a span, and
0: then just he was injured, and then injured, and injured. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Three time Defensive Player of the Year for Watt. Um, what what years did he win this? 2012, 2014, 2015. Okay, yeah. That that yeah. really was that, uh,
1: Those three years, four years. That you know that span right there. He was the best. One of the best players in the NFL, arguably. He was, Wasn't he even up for MVP the one year?
0: Yeah, I think it was the one year Aaron Rodgers won. But yeah, he did, I think, finish in second, which is insane for a defensive player. Yeah. Especially on a team that wasn't making the playoffs. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, let's get into your picks then.
0: Sure. Number one. Uh, number one this week. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins against the Patriots. They're plus two and a half heading to New England. I know Tua uh, is back in concussion protocol, so hopefully you know everything goes well for him. Um, this is I don't know third time he's done it this year, so hopefully he's okay. But I think Teddy Bridgewater is more than capable backup if they do have to play him. And uh, Miami, to me, even though they're going to New England against Belichick. They're just the more explosive team. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle has to be the best one-two punch at wide receiver. And New England the past few weeks has just struggled significantly. Matt Jones and the coaches are button heads. And it just seems like Miami to me, after losing this week, understands they need to get out and get a win. I think they're a better team in general. Offense is a lot more explosive. Patriots... I think rely too much on the run game. And Miami, when they went to Buffalo, hung in there even when the weather got bad. So they, I think they could play in cold weather. And uh, if it's the better team with the points, I'm going to take Miami with the two and a half. All right. Number two. Number two. This one uh, kind of concerns me. But I'm going to take Seattle at home plus two and a half against the Jets. Um, again, the Jets has not much continuity at quarterback this year. It seems like they it's been an evolving door each and every week. Seattle's at home one of the toughest places to play in this league at home. And uh Seattle's now fighting for a playoff spot. They were in control of their division up until about a week or two ago. And uh I just feel like a team playing at home with the points, these teams are about even as far as talent goes. So give me Seattle in the points at home. I wouldn't be surprised either way with the Jets. Um, I know Tyler Lockett may be back, which will help take, um, you know, if Sauce Gardner's attention has to go to DK Metcalf look for Lockett to have a big game. Kenneth Walker um, will be back. He's getting healthier each and every week. Um, Jets in Seattle, I'm seeing inconsistency on both ends, but I'm going to take the team at home with the points.
1: All right, especially in Seattle. Probably the toughest place to play. One of them,
0: at least. Mm -hmm. Number three. Number three, I'm going to take Jacksonville minus four against Houston. Jacksonville definitely um, competing for a playoff spot, and they want to win this division because they've been playing catch-up all year while the Titans had the lead. They're trending in the right direction while Tennessee is trending in the wrong direction. Houston's uh you know worst team in the NFL. I like Jacksonville to win by a touchdown here. Trevor Lawrence since the bye week has played um incredibly well with 11 touchdowns to just one interception in that span and has been four and one since um, their the return. And uh Houston's just you know they're the worst team in the NFL. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing incredibly well um They did lose to them earlier in the year in week five, but I think, like I said, Trevor Lawrence, usually like in year two, like the second half of year two, year three is when quarterbacks really start to flourish. I think he's figuring things out. Zay Jones has been coming along the past couple weeks, and uh, i like them to beat Houston here by a touchdown.
1: I'm interested to see what Jacksonville is going to look like. I hope they do make the playoffs. I'm interested to see what kind of push they can do and what Trevor Lawrence will look like.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is really starting to look the part, and um, yeah, I think a guy like that who just, you know, has a history of winning before coming here, he's going to find a way to win this game. This is an easy game for Jacksonville, and uh, I think that they're going to find a way to win. He had a
1: comeback win earlier in the year that came on, like, after a Steeler game, or just came on, and I'll tell you what, it was one of the most impressive drives I've seen all year.
0: It's, yeah, uh, he's coming around um, around incredibly nicely for Jacksonville. He, I th- he really seems to look the
1: part. I always kind of want that. Like when when there's that hyped-up quarterback, You, I, you, I don't want to see a bust. I like when they live up to the hype, and I want to see Trevor Lawrence kind of live up to that hype.
0: Yeah, especially playing in a dysfunctional organization like Jacksonville. You definitely want to see him overcome it.
1: Right. What did you say the spread was in that?
0: Uh, four. So Jacksonville is minus four. Okay. All right. Let's go to number four. Number I am going to take the Vikings this week, plus three points against the Packers. They're going to Green Bay, which is why I am assuming Minnesota is getting the points. But Minnesota all year has just been a better team than Green Bay. Um, they're now they still remain undefeated in one possession games, and um, they were able to beat Green Bay twenty three to seven in Week One earlier this year. And uh, Christian Watson is the only receiver Roger seems to be trusting at the moment. And he's considered day to day. And I think uh, Minnesota is just, they're playing great ball. Justin Jefferson has been the best player in football outside of the quarterback position all year. And he's just been so explosive. Um, he's had three games in a row with over 120 receiving yards. Um, and also third game in a row where he's caught at least 11 passes. Um, Jair Alexander's having a down year for Green Bay, despite getting in the Pro Bowl for his name value. Um, But uh, I think that it's going to be very tough to contain Justin Jefferson, especially, Um, uh, I was going to say, in Green Bay, if the weather is bad, they can always go back to... Alexander Madison, and Dalvin Cook in the run game if necessary. I think uh, Minnesota's defense has struggled significantly, but I think a lack of star power on Green Bay's offense outside of Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers um, and in a divisional game where you know each other better than anyone, I'm going to take Minnesota with a field goal. Uh, I just feel like they're the better roster, more explosive, and they're getting points. I can't believe the Vikings uh, are getting points. Yeah, I would too. And I think the weather could benefit Minnesota in a way since I feel like their run game could. Actually, I don't know. They both have good running backs, good run games. Um, but I, I think a, a lack of um, ability to use Aaron Rodgers may hurt Green Bay in the long haul.
1: All righty. And let's go to number five.
0: Number five, I'm going to take Cincinnati plus one and a half against Buffalo. Um, I really feel like this game could go either way, but I I like Cincinnati at home. I think they're playing to take that number one seed away from Buffalo. Joe Burrow has played better football than anyone the past few weeks. Jamar Chase is back and healthy. And um, yeah, I think look for the the game to be windy. And I think that's going to benefit Cincinnati in the run game more than Buffalo, who's struggled all year to find a run game outside of Josh Allen, who I think is still dealing with a lingering elbow issue. Buffalo could definitely win this game. And, um, I mean, they're playing... Um, they're on, what, one, two, three... Four. They're on a six-game win streak still, but I, despite that, I feel like Buffalo... Or Cincinnati's playing better football than anyone. And uh, outside of my back in week 10 so i think um cincinnati is gonna take this i'm gonna take the home team with the points here and yeah uh, give me cincinnati and their offense it's just been unbelievable
1: i'll tell you what this is one of the better monday night football games all year it seems like thursday night football always sucks almost every single week this week Mm -hmm. it's it's the cowboys and titans which isn't the worst but Uh, with them, you know, uh, banged up Tannehill, are we really getting the best form of the Titans? And I'm sick of seeing the Cowboys. But uh, on Monday night, we have the Bills and Bengals, and that seems to be one of the best Monday night matchups. And the Steelers just got flexed into Sunday night. So I feel like Sunday night football is always the best kind of matchup of the week. Um, And then Monday and then Thursday, as far as the primetime games go.
0: Right, I agree. And th- this Monday game is going to have a lot of playoff implications on the line. That's one thing I love about having the seven playoff teams is there's only one team with a bye week. So this game's going to mean a lot more than it would in years past.
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I I never really thought of that, but it does. It makes number one seed versus you know, oh, you know, just a just a playoff game or just a home game. You you have that week off to to rest and uh, rest is huge at this time of the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this could be have potential for a, a regular season game of the year, if you ask me. I think Buffalo and Cincinnati are two of the best teams out the AFC right now.
1: All right, and we're looking forward to it, JP. <laughs> All right, thank you. As always, you know what we we didn't have a regular poor man's podcast this week where we you know are taking the week off uh, for Christmas and what have you. And I was just going to quickly discuss. Uh, a beer for this week for anybody listening.
0: I need a beer.
1: So this one is from Six Points Brewery. It's called Screamsicle. It's a hazy double IPA with orange and vanilla, and it's it's really pretty good. It's actually a gift from Sports Guy JP. JP, have you you said you've tried this one?
0: Yeah, I, I like that one. I would I would definitely recommend it. It's definitely you can definitely taste like the uh, the or, orange flavor. And, oh. the, and, and even the, the vanilla, but in it, I, I do like that one.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it is out of bounds. It's pretty solid. It, uh, when I opened it, I, it almost felt like I was opening like a, an orange flavored. Um, I don't know. It, it, you, you just get over overtaken by this orange aroma and flavor. Like you can almost breathe it in and taste on your palate that it's orange before you try it. And the first pl- taste is—it's like a juicy, hazy IPA. It's really good.
0: Yeah, I—I'm I, a big fan. I like uh, like creamsicle flavored things. I think you know that beer. I haven't had it in a while, but I do know that it, it was definitely one of the the better ones I've had in recent I,
1: recently. Uh, yeah, it's eight. It's eight percent. It doesn't taste super heavy at all. It's from Six Point Brewery. I I don't get to try beers from them as often as I'd like. So it's nice to have a. A new brewery being represented as well. JP, we, uh, we will talk to you next week, uh, final week in the regular season next week.
0: Yeah, um, and this is always the best time of year, seeing who gets in the playoffs and then the first couple rounds of playoffs. This is my favorite time of the football season, so I'll be keeping a close eye on every game.
1: Yeah, if uh, if the Steelers don't make it, which I'm not expecting them to, but if if they do make it, how how crazy would that be? That'd be a hell of a story, and I'll you know it'll make me eat crow for everything I've said all year about them not being a playoff team. Um, but I don't think they will make it. And like I said, the <laughs> they're going to find themselves in the worst position possible, being the best playoff team to not make it and finding themselves with the 23rd pick or something. Or well, I guess 14 teams make it now, so they're going to find themselves with the, uh, the 16th pick or
0: something. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just, I mean, the, the mid-tier picks for an average team just seems to uh, make, make average more consistent.
1: Yeah. Middle picks <laughs> for a middle team have you in the middle yep. of the pack, but that's safe because it's over 500.
0: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that, that's the new standard here, so hopefully they can reach their goal.
1: The standard is the standard is the standard. Same as it ever was. All right, JP, let's, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Everybody. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for, well, not stay tuned today, but you know, listen to the regular poor man's podcast. We're coming back in January. Uh, Shay will be back. We have Danny Kaufman. Who's going to be back, uh, probably full time. So listen for that. Um, and, uh, listen every Tuesday, or I guess we recorded on Tuesday, every Wednesday, or the Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP, it's always a pleasure.
0: No, always. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. <laughs> for Sports Guy JP, I'm
0: Chris. I'm going to say I'm so happy yeah. that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Podcast 412 Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412 and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You like
1: that? You like that?
0: You play to win the game. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the
1: hook. Straight cash, homie. In my opinion, that sucked. Straight cash, homie.